the Pinball Network is online. Launching Final Round Pinball Podcast. Player versus player and player versus machine. Welcome to the final round. Well, look who's back. It's another edition of Final Round. My name is Jeff Teal. My name is Martin Robbins. It's good to be back. A week late, but better than never, kind of. Is it a week late or did we just, you know, kind of hold out for some negotiations to get some a little more bucks in our pocket? You know what I'm talking about. That's right. We, we hold out. There was contract negotiations. We all got a pay increase. I think we're now getting about a million dollars per episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Tough mm-hmm. negotiations, but ultimately Zach has so much money, he's just given it over. We did it so that we can keep the show free for you, all right? So if we hold out on the back end, you know, that makes it easier for you, the listener. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. We'll still be asking for money reach round time. But the point is, <laughs> speaking of asking for money, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, how come we had to pay to be here if you guys are making a million dollars? Yeah. That might be our biggest reach round winner ever. And Correct. when I say winner, you mean sucker. No, no, no. Best friend to pinball community is what we really mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boy. And by the way, never too early to buy your 2022 reach around. Just pointing that out. His name is Joe Fox, and he joins us right now. Hello, Joe. Hello, gentlemen. How are we today? Very good. It's funny, Joe, because obviously, you know, we speak time to time, but you're now just about on every freaking podcast these days. How did that happen? I, I guess I had a lot of money involved. I'm not <laughs> yes. sure. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I um. I seem to somehow gravitate towards uh, podcasters in some way. I guess I, I stalked them, and they uh, they didn't call the cops. So, <laughs> some of you guys. Well, so I've, I've obviously spoken to you a couple of times. I've always stated that you are really the voice of the customer. You're the person that really has a really important opinion when it comes to the, the quality of the machines, the themes of the layout, how it's marketed. That's why I think you're an important person. There you go. Well, Set I appreciate up. that. I uh, <clears throat> I have definitely have my opinions on the matter, and they have changed over the years as as time has evolved and the hobby has evolved for me. But I, I do feel like I have a good sense of of what people are looking for, or what the, the majority of the opinion may be. What's been the biggest change? If you were talking to the Joe Fox four years ago, what opinion now is different than Joe four years ago? So there'd be probably two primary opinions. Number one would be my greater dive into the older games, you know, the, uh, you know, late seventies, early eighties, still staying with solid states, but, but definitely gravitating more towards stars and meteor and eight ball deluxe and Harlem globe charters and Paragon. And, uh, you know, those type of titles, as opposed to every new Stern new in the box or every new Chicago, however you want to, however you want to press it that the other main category is, Every Stern new in the box that I was buying was an LE because I, in my mind, I had to have the best of the best. But as time progressed, I found myself leaning more towards wanting gameplay and less towards uh, glim and glamour. So I found myself feeling that 
93% of the titles that they would come out with, the Pro was a very uh, good game to have in your collection, and it was it was better flow and better gameplay. The Premium LE, and, and obviously we're talking mostly about Stern because they're the they're the primary provider, but would slow the game down. Um, as much as everyone is enamored by the dinosaur in Jurassic Park, essentially that slows the game down for a good, you know, when you start T-Rex multiball and the, and, the, and the dino eats the ball, it's a good 15, 20 seconds that that game is slowed down. And as I've gravitated more towards tournaments, I realize I want the game to move and, and let's go and let's go and let's go instead of watching a show. So you've become show. more impatient as you go older is what I'm hearing. Yes, I'm more impatient as I've gotten older. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. And one of the things that really frustrates me is if like a multi-ball or a mode starts and I can't double flip to get that out of the way so I can move on, very frustrating. Yeah, I was I was playing Metallica earlier, and no matter how many times I play that game, I, I still obviously – not obviously. I absolutely adore it. But, yes, yeah, starting Sparky multi-ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting the flippers. I'm still realizing that it's not going to go any faster, and I just have to deal with it. Isn't it a nice bonus when you start Sparky multi-ball, but the ball actually doesn't stay on the magnet, so it actually starts playing, and you get a few seconds of extra time? I like that. Yes. Yeah, or uh, even uh, Iron Maiden, if the – you know, if the if the ball's going up into that left or inner orbit, don't make it, and they kick in the kick in the play, and you can at least start playing and hitting jackpots type of idea. Yeah. Can you disable the magnet in Sparky so that it in fact gets you into multiball quicker? I don't know. I'd have Probably. to. I'd have to try it. I, I would assume you can because it's optos that effectively register the hit, so it's not like it's a true bash toy with a switch. So I'd have to imagine you could. On my Guardians, I've disabled the group mouth, which is good and bad. It's bad for certain modes in which you want the ball back in the plunger so that you can maybe fire it into the pops, and, and that gives you whatever the point may be towards your mode. But it's good because in multiball, a lot of times when the mouth goes up and down, sometimes in multiball, the ball will stick in the mouth. And then you've got a stuck ball in multiball in which in competitions, you know, you have to cradle up. It's a pain in the butt, but it's also harder to get jackpots. We have it to the point where the balls don't stay. It's a virtual lock. So you still will knock it in the Groot's mouth, but it'll spit it right back out with a two-second ball saver. Ah. I mean, the one good thing about Groot multiball is when you pop it in the mouth, it stays in there. So then you're in single ball play, which is a lot easier to maybe hit some of the jackpots. But getting the major jackpot, you got to time it just perfectly. So it's some give and take there. But I see your point about balls being stuck and certainly getting into it and wanting to double flip. Obviously, I've got Led Zeppelin, and that is a game where you just don't rest ever. And it's funny you were saying, Joe, you just want to get at it, and some of these features kind of slow things down. Because the song is always going and you only have so much time to get your records, you just keep playing and playing. And I've said it before, that game is a workout to me because I can only play maybe two games in a row, and then I'm spent because they're long playing, but you just don't ever get to rest up. The longer you wait... You're only hurting yourself. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I'd rather have a game like that, in my opinion, to not rest up than than to sit there and, and have so much idle time where you're waiting for a ball to come down or you're waiting for something else to happen. It's just, a, I think it's just preference. I mean, the one thing about this this hobby is, as much as people will fight on opposite sides of this uh, of their opinion, is that it's chocolate and vanilla. I mean, what you like, Jeff, is going to be different than what Marty likes is going to be different than what I like. And the best part of it is, is that we can all coexist. We don't need to 
try to kill each other in order to prove that Metallica is the best game ever made or Lord of the Rings is the best game ever made. I, I do wish people would understand that more sometimes, but uh, the great part of it is that we all can love pinball as a whole. And speaking of opinions that could be right or wrong, I'm going to go back to the early thing that you were saying about LEs and premiums and pros, right? Because in a lot of instances, I agree with you that sometimes the pro is enough and it flows a bit more. But I just want to do a quick exercise, if I can, by going through some of the last Stern machines. And let's get that definitive opinion on whether we think the pro is enough. Okay. I'm going to start with Mandalorian. Okay. So I have not played the pro. I do have an LE that I did not intend to actually buy or mm-hmm. open, but I have. Mm-hmm. Sure. Wait a second. I heard you on Zach Many's show on the pinball show saying, I'm done buying LEs. What the hell happened? Uh, so what <laughs> happened was uh, the comment Marty made is the older I get, the more impatient I get. I bought it with, honestly, the sole intention of selling it. Call me a bad guy or call me whatever you will. Son of a bitch comes to mind, actually, if I really – but not that's those Marty's words, not mine. Uh-huh. So fr- it got delivered on a Friday. I put it up for sale, and come Sunday morning, I looked in the garage. It was still there. I had a few people in with interest, but nobody that was stepping up to the plate. And I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm opening it. I took it downstairs, and my wife said, I thought you were selling that. And I said, oh, I will eventually, but for right now, it's going down the basement, and I opened it up. Yeah, you'll still be able to sell it. But okay, to Marty's question, so you've played the LE. It looks spectacular. It's funny, this exercise, Marty, I know you definitely know Rodney. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not sure if, Jeff, you know Rodney. I know Rodney, yeah. So we've done this exercise a couple of times. And we've circled through every game since like 2000, since they started making the, the three levels to figure out which games were, were doable. But that upper play field, the, the Mando helmet that you know rotates 180 degrees, is a hell of a challenge. I mean, it, once you get past bonus level one, that thing starts to invert and you are pretty much dead in the water. So it's definitely not a it is a stoppage, of course, because the game stops and it goes into the play field, but it moves quick. The other major advantage to the premium slash LE is the what I'll call the diverter on the on the horseshoe shot, where if it's up, you're hitting a horseshoe, you know, similar to a silver ball menu or space invaders, um, which is very quick. But if it's down, it's then going and diverting it into the wire form. But still, the ball is constantly moving. So I believe, knowing the differences, I would think the Mandalorian is a game that a premium LE definitely has some advantages to. Cool. What about Led Zeppelin? So Led Zeppelin, I believe, I mean, to me, the only real attribute to the premium, and I do have a premium, the uh, and I Jeff, I know you have the LE, so it's similar, obviously the same without the the glamour, is the the electric magic. And I have zero problems with mine and have since the day I got it. Fuck you. <laughs> well, at least I, I also didn't need a whole new play field either, so that's good. But I think a pro is serviceable on that game. I have played the pro, and the Electric Magic, although it is a cool feature, and it does keep the game moving, aside from that one stoppage where it tr- takes the ball down, I don't think you you miss it tremendously in the pro. I think the game overall maybe misses some things from what other modern Sterns have, but if you're just comparing that game with the two levels or quasi three levels, I think the pro is very serviceable. I got to tell you, I have an LE, but I play it like a pro with the exception of the side upper flipper shot. I've had my electric magic disabled three, four weeks. I'd like to play it. 
I can't rely on it. I asked last show if anybody can help me. Didn't get anybody reaching out uh, to to give me a hand on that. And um, I don't feel like I'm missing it. It actually bothered me sometimes when it came up because I don't know. It's not like the spinner is closer than the left spinner. In fact, I think it's even further away. But you hit it so quickly. And when it's in multiball, as you are with Electric Magic, if you hit that thing when it's spinning, you're going to dent it, and uh, then it gets stuck, and it's the problem I have. So I've just disabled it because it, it was too frustrating. So I just like, okay. So I play it like a pro, but I thought that was the thing I was going to like the most. I really like the upper flipper shot going into the right inlane. Yeah, I remember early on, you having, I think when you did play the pro, you had said that that side upper flipper shot on the pro wasn't satisfying, and it felt a little bit weird. It's just a stand-up, right, in the Pro? It's just a stand-up target? Yeah. Yeah. But when you look at the price difference, is it that much of a difference? It's 1600 U.S. dollars, essentially, for that rising spinner. Yeah. So I think I'd be fine with the Pro. Yep. Avengers? Yep. I prefer the Pro and Avengers. I, I know that, that banana ramp shot is cool to look at, but I'll take the spinner on that all day, in my opinion. I mean, there's a couple other changes, obviously, with the glove in the back, which is non-essential to gameplay and the uh wasp shot with the uh, what is it a stand-up versus a scoop but i'd rather have that spinner all day long for the captain marvel shot boy i i would flip a coin on that i like both versions so i haven't played the premium or le i've seen a lot of footage of it but i love the pro layout i was very impressed with that but maybe you like the subways I like that the Doctor Strange lifts up and you can go underneath. That's kind of cool, a la Circus Voltaire. But we disabled that for tournaments too. Oh, really? Was it a problem? So it wasn't a problem in the functioning of it. What it was a problem with is, and, and maybe this was code that's been changed since. But when you put a ball in the subway and you lock it, forgive me, I forget the whatever lock that was. When the next person comes up and gets to a mode where they can then unlock that ball, it turns it into a multi-ball for the next person. So it became an issue from, obviously, unfair advantage with a tournament, so we just shut it off. It wasn't a function issue. I never My LE did not have uh, an issue with balls getting stuck in the subway or not being able to go down that, that catwalk type of situation. It was more of a, a unfair advantage in a tournament situation. A couple more. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. None. <laughs> no. I am a massive fan of this machine. Uh, I can't I can't explain it. There's something about this game I absolutely love. I would take the pro of this. Yeah, if I had to give a real answer, it would be the pro. The diverter to me doesn't do a ton. Seeing those balls pour out of the van again is a show, not a game function as much. Uh, so I would say yes, it's it's definitely a pro there. Do you know these these moments in pinball? You mentioned Jurassic Park and on the premium and LE, the ball going into the T-Rex, it's shaking it, spinning it out. That's cool the first time, second time, third time. How often is it cool, though? And you talk about the van in Turtles. How many of these unique things are really unique after several plays in any game? I get what you mean, but sometimes it's a really good feature in a promo video that moves games. Absolutely. Yep. And speaking of, the next one, Stranger Things. Premium. Yeah. I think the, forget the TK lock that may or may not work on most games. I think the projector by itself brings so much more to the game. Obviously, it doesn't affect the gameplay because you're, it doesn't have anything to do with your flippers or the ball stopping or starting anywhere. It just brings so much more integration where if you have the graphics on the screen and you can say, okay, I'm not looking up. I don't care what's on the screen. 
That's true. But you can visibly see the ramps and the banners and the drop targets and the spinners and the main screen as you're playing. And it brings so much more to bringing the theme into the game versus the pro of just being that static building montage. Marty, where are you going with all this? Where I'm going with it is a lot of people say, you know what? Just always get the pro. You only need the pro. And really what I wanted to do was just one by one look at them and say, well, actually, that's not really the case. It is case case by case. It's also your preference. Because the next one I was going to talk about was, was Jurassic Park because you were saying, oh, you know, that the T-Rex gets boring. For me, it doesn't. For me, I fucking love that T-Rex just grabbing the ball and, and going off. I never get sick of it. So it's personal. But the point is for people to really understand what's important to them and not just blindly say, well, premiums and LEs are for suckers or people that have got too much money. And because that's, that's the general consensus that I get when people are trying to, to put their flimsy arguments together. And I just wanted to go through them because I really do think that there are a lot of, lot of games that are, you are better off getting a premium. Not necessarily LE. I think the jump from premium to LE is the is the problem there because I don't think there's a lot of value for money there just on paper. It's all about exclusivity and some better cosmetic stuff. Like I know you you do get the upgraded speakers as well, but that's really what it was. I I think that there are a lot more games out there that do benefit from the premium experience than people give credit. That was my point. The problem with LEs isn't the game; it's the people buying them sight unseen. And, oh, I don't know, maybe flipping them. And I don't blame them for doing that. I ser- I mean, that. Yeah. no, Joel, I, I don't bl- Listen, I know how many you've bought in the past, and that's never been the intent of you buying them. So that's, I'm not speaking of you. Can I blame you for wanting to do that with Mando for this? No, because you're not alone. There's probably 700 people that are thinking the same thing that made the purchase. Is that what is wrong with our collecting and this hobby is that we're just, we are, as collectors, driving the price through the fucking roof. Well, I think the driving the price through the fucking roof comment, I, I, I've had this conversation with multiple people, multiple people over the last few weeks, is I think the thing that we're not going to mention and by its name over the last year and a half has actually brought probably almost double the amount of people into this hobby than it had a year and a half ago. People that had money to burn that would normally be going to, uh, you know, Fiji or this place or this place, spending this tons of money on these vacations and not having it saying, what am I going to do at home? And they're Googling things and the Internet is more prevalent than it ever has been and finding out that pinball is still something real and having these people that go, oh, shit, I loved Ghostbusters, but oh, the LE was sold out five years ago, but somebody's going to post it. So I'm going to pay $13,000 for it because I want it. You're bringing in a whole new set of blood or a a new bloodline into this hobby that wasn't around if there was before Mando for any other game prior to it. When all the LEs typically sell out within a few days, they're now paying top dollar for things because they want it and they have the means. And then they start looking at other titles and realize that they can get, you know, there's 2,500 different games in the history of pinball. And because they can't get it anywhere else and there's no new inbox junkyards or there's no new inbox totens that they pay ridiculous amounts of money. And then everyone sees it happening and it's monkey see, monkey do. Do you know what? It's funny you should say that because now that I'm thinking about it, in the, the Facebook marketplace type pinball sites, a lot of people I'm now seeing are saying, hey, you know, I've loved pinball all my life, but I want to buy my first machine. I've got to say, 
now that you, you say that, I've noticed that a lot more in the last 12 months. New people wanting to buy machines for the first time. You're about to find out this weekend because there's this little thing in your neck of the woods called Pinfest, formerly Allentown, and I've never been to it. It's a big swap shop. There is some tournament action too, but a lot of the deals are made even before it opens up. I've never been. Tell me and those people listening that have never been, what's it like? So Pinfest was the first pinball show that I ever attended when I got into the hobby. Um, it was close to me. It's about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minute drive from Delaware to that part of Pennsylvania. And it had the reputation for being a big time flea market slash swap meet type of event where, yeah, like you said, everything was outside under tents. People are selling all these old games. Now it's grown into a calling it a mini TPF would be almost insulting to TPF. But and I don't want to insult Allentown either, but it's become more of a collector social event than I think it was than I think it is a flea market slash swap meet like it used to be. You know, I would say the amount of games that are on display are now not longer people trying to sell games as much as using that because they, they give you a deal. If you put a game on the floor, you'll get admission for free. So people are bringing a game for people to play and try out, but they're not necessarily for sale like I would imagine they used to be. And it really just becomes another social event on the calendar. I can't wait. I mean, honestly, it's been obviously a, a long time since we've had a show. Is this going to be the first one since since this all started? Has anything happened? I, I guess it was that Ohio show last year that was a first-time event that they actually did, right? Well, Brisbane Masters is on right now, and uh, that's more. That's not so much a show, is it, Marty? Or did that not happen? Though it actually has started this week. It's less of a swap meet than it is now a social event. I'm really amped to uh, get back to a show and get back to seeing people that uh, I, you know, I may talk to via messenger or even on the phone, but I, I don't get to see but once or twice a year. So I can't wait. I'm curious how the turnout's going to be because on one side of you go, oh, everyone's going to be so amped to get back to a show. It's going to be like, you know, just pouring, you know, people are just going to be pouring out of the building. And the other half of me says, eh, is everybody ready to come back yet? Like, they may be doing this, but and I may be going, but is everybody else going to be ready? And it's funny. I looked at the vendor floor plan that the show puts out on the website, and there's a lot of empty boxes or a lot of red spaces that say available still. So I'm curious, you know, are the vendors not going to be there, but the people are going to be there? Or is it going to be hand-in-hand vendors and people? I'm not sure. It'll, it'll be fun to see next week what happens. So, and that is like, you know, Jeff mentioned Brisbane Masters. I think it's the Brisbane Pimble and Arcade Collective BPAC because it is arcade and machines and pimple. Again, it all looked fine. Everything was going ahead. And then all of a sudden, Melbourne right now, so where I am, we're in our fifth lockdown. Just thought I'd let everybody know. Hi, Ian. Hi, Ian. <laughs> we are currently in our fifth lockdown. New South Wales, so Sydney in New South Wales, has had a, we call it a massive outbreak. It's still, you know, 200 cases, but that's still considered big here and it's the Delta strain. So it's, it's going crazy. So all of a sudden, BPAC, which was thinking that we're all, we're all over the lockdowns, everything's fine. All of a sudden can't have other states come to it. So it's, it will have reduced attendance. And I'm coming back to me thinking about the end of the year when we've got flip out and the Melbourne Super Bowl championship because people are still asking me, is it going to be on? My take on it is I'd love to say, yeah, let's just go ahead with it. And if something happens, we'll cancel it. Whereas 
you know, there's so much that I'm doing at the moment. Do I want to put all the effort into something that two days before we may go into lockdown again? It's tough. I mean, until it's completely gone, everything's got to be, we don't know. And that's all well and good to say, hey, are you going to go to Texas? Are you going to go to Chicago Expo? Are you going to? But if you're the organizer, it can't just be, oh, we'll see. And we'll decide three days beforehand if it's still going to happen. Yeah. I have booked four trips between September and November. That being said, our border isn't open as of yet. And as of the time I'm recording this, it could change. But I'm still planning on going, and uh, three of them are pinball-related. I guess four would be. I'm going to go to Vegas with Anne and another couple. I'll probably check out the Pinball Hall of Fame, but I don't know if they're going to happen. I would imagine they would happen. One big thing is the IFPA is now endorsing events. Unfortunately for PinFest, unfortunately for Brisbane Masters, which are on this weekend, they don't get uh, that kind of juicy whopperitis, but... The other ones will, and and we're starting to see a bunch of tournaments booked. You said you're getting more into the tournament side there, Joe. I wonder if that's a factor for PinFest, and I wonder what tournaments you're looking forward to now that the IFPA is back. So, yeah, so PinFest is typically, and I think I think even last year was supposed to be one of the uh, majors for IFPA. It's part of the Stern Pro Circuit. It's not technically a major, but it's certainly one of the big 20 that uh, count for that Stern Pro Circuit. Yeah. So this year... Uh, obviously, with the IFPA not being involved, the one who usually runs that tournament is Corey Holson and company, and they opted out of doing it for this year because uh, I think two reasons. I think, number one, they weren't necessarily ready for it because they didn't know if the show was going to go on. And then secondly is that the IFPA is not sanctioning events until August 1st. And I can't remember the initials for this new group. You may know who I'm talking about, but the U- essentially I call them the UFC, this new little federation that's come up. They're supposed to be running a tournament there. Um, and I have not really delved into any of the details of it because I, I just wasn't interested based on not because I'm a whopper chaser because I suck, but just because it's not the same as it's always been. Getting into tournaments is now probably three years old, four years old for uh, for me here. From the state of Delaware's perspective, we run we have been running tournaments, obviously not sanctioned since June of last year. And they've all been at my house. We knocked down the numbers. Everyone had to wear masks. And we now have started to change the locations between the three people's houses that we are were always running them at and the first ifpa sanctioned tournament in delaware will be here at my house on august the 7th it's a double event we're actually doing a flip frenzy in the morning and a match play tournament in the afternoon into early evening however long it runs so we're going to get double the whoppers on that day so what's happening with the collective oh the collective so the collective is still a is a real thing. We are just still looking for a location. We we thought we had the location right before the Fourth uh, of July holiday here in the U.S. We had a verbal from the landlord that our offer was accepted, our financials were accepted, and that we would have the lease in seven to ten days. On day fourteen, we said, "Hey, uh, where's the lease?" And they said, "Oh, sorry, we rented it to somebody else who wanted the top and the bottom floor." And we were like, "Oh, well." fucking thanks you didn't even tell us it was somebody else and you didn't tell us anything else we had to ask you so we are now back on the hunt again for a location we looked at something yesterday we looked at another location not exactly the best spot because it's a second floor of a building so you know bringing 50 pinball machines up a flight of stairs is never a a fun thing but it does have big possibilities it's 4,000 square feet with a, a garage for storage and working on games 
Uh, we're now in the midst of having discussions with that landlord about the space and the timing and, and everything that comes to it. So we were hoping to be running tournaments out of the collective in July or August. That obviously now is not going to happen. So now we're hoping for September or October. So the collective is a real thing. It is happening. It's just a matter of when and where. Yeah, no, I was just asking because you were saying that that tournament was at your home. And I thought, hang on, I thought they would have been at the collective by now. So that's why I was asking. You and me both. Yeah. I thought I was done with tournaments. I mean, not listen, I love having everyone here. You know, my wife is very accommodating to having before the uh, unnamed event that happened a year and a half ago, having, you know, 50 people here on a Saturday all day and people parking all over the streets and my neighbors hated me for a day or whatever. It's very stressful. I mean, you know, you guys each know from running a tournament yourself that playing in a tournament and quasi running it, you know, you might as well just not even play because. No, no, no. Piece of cake. It's easy. (laughs) Trust me. Honestly. Well, maybe in another country, but here in the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's, it's even harder winning your own tournament. Nope, piece of cake. Are we, are we past that date, or we, how long was that? No, for? no, no, it's forever. It's not a, it's not a duration. Oh, it's forever. It's forever. Never convention again. All right, good. Uh, so, yeah, it, it becomes stressful, and even just a matter of, you know, putting the food out and having people, you know, making sure they have enough drink and food and whatever else, and then trying to play, and then, oh, there's a stuck ball, and oh, this flipper stopped working, and, you know, I mean, you guys know. So I was hoping that was over here just for the lack of stress, but I will always open my home to this community as long as I need to and as for many times as I need to. So August 7th will be the, uh, as we're calling it, the double whopper tournament here so it, it it is full and it's got a waiting list. It's we did up it from we were downgrading to everything to 24, no more than 24 people. We weren't allowing 16, more than 16 people in the basement at one time. Masks fully. Everyone needed to be fully masked up and sanitizer coming in and out and taking every precaution. And, and we've done that every month since June, June, July, August, every month. No issues. Everyone had a great time. We now started opening it to the normal, what my capacity would be for me to not have a heart attack at 48 or 50 people. So we'll see how it goes uh, in a couple of weeks. What a guy. That's why he's the reach around winner for top fan here. Joe Fox inviting a bunch of pinball drags to his home to grease up his LE machines, eat his food, leave a couple upper deckers, those kind of things. I mean, not everyone is like you, Joe, to allow that many people. I have people at my house. I'm not ready yet. And with the IFP opening, I've seen a few events, and some of the events, I'm putting this out there, are saying you need to be fully vaxxed to attend. And as Josh Sharp has said, any host can do whatever they want to make them feel comfortable. So you were, you said people had to wear masks, not a problem. I think that's just where we're going to be for the next little while anyway, especially with the other variants and this Ionitis going on that's, uh, you know, this global pandemic what we did, I mean, we took Josh's advice even before the Whoppers are coming back. In Delaware, for example, the state that I live in, there was a mandate for masks in social gatherings and that kind of stuff. We, we followed the state rules. So the Friday before Memorial Day here in the U.S., the governor of Delaware dropped the mask mandate and increased the social gathering numbers. And we went accordingly to the state regulations. So as of the uh, May tournament that was here was our last masked required tournament. People are still encouraged to do whatever they feel the most comfortable with. But I can tell you that 
whether you want to take this as a good sign or a bad sign, that everything since June and July, which happened last or two weekends ago, nobody has worn a mask. But the U.S. has obviously higher numbers than you guys have, I think, of actual vaccinations. Uh, we didn't require proof of any vaccinations. We basically put it out there that said, hey, this is a mask optional event. Either if you don't want to attend because you feel unsafe, then by all means, we'll see you next time. If you do want to attend and you want to wear a mask, then by all means, wear a mask. But it will not be required and vaccination proof will not be required. Interesting as we uh, get back to playing pinball in public and, and a lot of places are certainly more advanced. But I'm bummed to hear about your collective being on hold a little bit. That's some kind of bad July 4th news. But, you know, there was some good July 4th news in your country. I watched the hot dog eating contest. And Joe, can you explain for those like me in Canada, like Marty in Australia, what the hell happens every July 4th? This is me trying to figure out what's going on. You have to see how many hot dogs you can shove in your face in a quick amount of time. And this happens every July 4th. In Canada, we call it a Tuesday, but you do this once a year. What the hell is going on with that contest? As far as uh, if people think the pinball hobby is an oddity, competitive eating is another uh, hobby that I guess is a uh, is another odd thing to to some. But every Fourth of July in I think it's in New York at Coney Island, maybe Nathan's, who's a old time hot dog manufacturer or butcher, whatever you want to call him, sponsors a hot dog eating contest, and uh, you know all these big time competitive eaters get together on the 4th of July, I guess, based on the barbecue uh, scenario and hot dogs, and they try to throw down as many hot dogs as they can. And it's hot dog and bun. It's not just uh, hot dogs that they have to eat. And the same guy who, I don't know if that's his real name, but calls himself Joey Chestnut has won it like, I don't know, six years in a row now. And I think he just set his own world record of like 79 hot dogs or 76, some crazy number of hot dogs that he ate. Whatever happened to Kobayashi? Yeah, he's so him and Kobayashi were like uh, the back and forth, you know, year after year and different. And they do this with chicken wings and they do this with pizza and they do this with, you know, all kinds of different uh, food items. But I Kobayashi, I haven't even heard his name spoken in years. So, again, this is done at Coney Island. How soon is this going to be done in the ICU? (laughs) I have no idea. Do they have anything like this, Marty, in Australia? Uh, Probably. I know this may surprise both of you to know that if they do, it's not something that would be in my world. What? No, no, I know. It's a shocker. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have chili no, eating competitions. They probably should be. Yep. It's, you know, it's, it's really, I've got to tell you, it's side note, because I, I've been communicating with a lot of the, um, the Haggis customers. So many people <laughs> are requesting that I put Australian food items in their machines when we send them over. Just thought I'd let you know. Isn't that against the law? Yes. So I probably won't <laughs> but who be. Cares? But I, you know what? I think I think if, if we do manage to get to a pinball show in the US, which we're absolutely planning to do, we've just got to be able to be allowed out of the, the country. I think when you see the Haggis stand at any of these shows, on the left-hand side, you'll see pinball machines. On the right-hand side, it'll just be a stack of Aussie foods. <laughs> Vegemite and Tim Tams. Well, are Aussie, Aussie foods? Well, Vegemite, yeah. but yeah, I know people don't like Vegemite. Um, now, someone was telling me, I think it's Violet Crumble. Do you guys have Violet Crumble? Do explain. What's cr- do you have a crunchy? It's we have honey- a lot of things that are crunchy. Honey- honeycomb wrapped in chocolate. Honeycomb like a like true honeycomb out of a beehive? No, like it's, it's honeycomb, like honeycomb cookie. 
kind of thing. Yeah. So no, apparently, cr- really. yeah. So Violet Crumble apparently is is one of those things that someone's requested. So I I promised them I would bring some Violet Crumble over with me. Okay, how about this then, all right? So we learned a little bit about July 4th, and we don't understand why people are shoving their faces with hot dogs. What is happening right now, and it's supposed to happen every four years, Ioannidis pushed it back a year, the Olympics in Tokyo. And normally I'm excited. I mean, maybe you have been, Marty. It was in Sydney not too long ago. It's been in the States several times. I've been to the Olympics in Calgary. It was obviously in Montreal and Vancouver. Normally it's a big deal. In fact, I have a relative who is on Team Canada. But um, this year, does anybody care in your countries? Um, For me personally, I love the Olympics. I love the Olympics for two reasons and two reasons only. Opening ceremony, closing ceremony. (laughs) Anything that happens in between, I never watch. Don't care. Although, I will tell you, I prefer to watch the events in the Winter Olympics than I do in the Summer Olympics. Do you know why? Because the first half of the Olympics is all about swimming. And I don't know whether that's the same in every other country, but because I think Australia does well in swimming, it's all about the fucking swimming. And swimming is fucking boring to watch, I've got to tell you. Oh, there go our swimmer listeners. There they go. There they go. Hold on a second. I got to get a new sponsor. We had Speedo this week. Thanks, Marty. You fucking idiot. <laughs> but that's, I said that's me personally. I think that the Olympics is a big deal. I just feel that people didn't think it was going to be going ahead this year, so there was no anticipation or excitement for it. So I... As well, adore the Olympics, and it's not because of this ceremony. In fact, those are the two reasons I wouldn't watch, although I, <laughs> I always do. But I, I do enjoy all the sporting events, things that you don't see on an everyday basis, even though a lot of them are common things, whether it be basketball or you know ice hockey in the winter. But I do enjoy the track and field, and I do enjoy the swimming and you know all those things. I honestly, I think it all took such a second chair to what was going on in the world that I forgot that it was really even happening. I think my son mentioned it to me last night or, or somehow it came up in conversation. I went, oh, holy shit, that it, that's, that's soon, isn't it? Like, it's July. And honestly, until you just said it, Jeff, that it got delayed a year, I completely forgot that it was even supposed to be last year. I'm thinking this is just the way that was supposed to go and it's actually happening. So, I mean, yeah, it's always even years and this is 2021. So obviously it's it's a year delayed, but I'll still watch. I'll still be excited to watch. But yeah, I completely was off my off my calendar, off my map coming up until last night. I'm sorry to bring up the Olympics. I know this is a pinball show. So let's go to Pinside right now and uh, pick some hot topics, okay? So we can talk pinball again, okay? Oh, this is actually a hot topic on the forum. I'm not making this up. So I want you, without reading what's going on here, just to give me your thoughts on this. This is the title of the thread. Mom leaving dad at 60. I saw this yesterday. <laughs> By the way, we're laughing at somebody's broken family. Go on, Joe. I know, listen, I'm sorry. First of all, my first comp- my first thought was, why are you discussing this on Pinside, Mr. Poster? Uh, if you read the story, it's essentially that the mother is tired of the father and she's leaving him. And it doesn't matter that she's 60 or 35, that she's leaving. And the- It's an old flame. Yeah, for an old flame. Correct. It's somebody that she's been speaking to on and off for years and... You know, at first I laughed and the same reaction you just had is, oh, this is somebody's broken home. But I, my last reaction is, why the fuck are you putting this on Pinside? Well, Joe and Marty, maybe uh, you two don't know about this. It's called silver divorce and it's a real thing. So I think Pinside, thank goodness, is bringing it to the masses. 
So is that because of the AIDS silver divorce? Yes. You guys should be sensitive to this. You're both over. Hey, 50. hey, hey, hey. Hold on a second here. Hey, and only one of us is gray. Uh, not me. Uh, my red hair, my long red hair is covering the grays. Yeah. That red hair has changed over the years. Your long dyed red hair. It's not dyed. Not dyed. Hold on a second. Hey, Marty, I've never dyed my hair. Have you ever dyed your hair? Oh, I don't know, beard or anything like that? Was oh, there yeah. some shoe polish missing? Yeah, I've dyed my hair for years. For years. What? Because I was a... Mm, this is probably going even further embarrassing than I thought it was when I'm like, yeah, I'll answer your question. I don't give a shit. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, that goth phase I went through, I probably shouldn't bring that up where I dyed my hair black for years. But anyway, it's out there now. All right. Fingernails to match. Hmm. Eyeliner? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, sure. No, I no. said fingernails, but eyeliner is acceptable. <laughs> By the way, this na- this now trending on Pinside, Marty Scott phase. It's a hot one. Because I can actually picture it. Yeah, it's true. I I I used to have hair like Robert Smith. Picture that. Robert Smith. Robert from the Cure. The Cure. Yeah. We need pictures. Yeah. Yeah. You will never, ever, ever get them. Ever. I know some people. Never say never. Yeah, I would. Okay. No, though. My Australian friends, Mr. Silby, Mr. Uh, D- Damien, you can come through with us. James, Stuart, <laughs> guys, bring it home, all right? We need to see it. Collect some of your million-dollar income for this show to to buying these pictures. <laughs> yeah, but, but then I'd give a shit, so that's yeah. eh, probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of million dollars, you, and we said this earlier, you used to buy LEs sight unseen. I'm still trying to figure out, even though I'm guilty of it because of the one I bought, all these people that buy sight unseen. I mean, it's one thing if it's a dream theme. Okay, you got the theme. All right, I'm in on that. Sure. But no gameplay, no play field, anything like that. And and Marty, when people bought Fathom and that sold out, you knew what Fathom looked like. So yeah, for sure. I'm not I'm not I'm not including Fathom. I'm just talking about not seeing any video, not having any idea. About the callouts, all that kind of stuff. Iron Maiden. When I put my deposit down for an Iron Maiden, I had not seen a single picture. Yep. Good. A lot of people are doing that. Now, that was a theme you liked. Zeppelin was a theme I liked. I assume Mando was the same for you or any of the other LEs you bought, Joe. Stern is a theme that Joe likes. Yes, Stern. I was going to say Stern. (laughs) Pinball is a theme I like. (laughs) But you have said you're not doing that anymore. These machines sell it instantly. Congratulations in all sincerity. Just like we said for Haggis with Fathom, I'm so happy that the Emery family's done well and Spooky Pinball and they sold 1750 of the Halloween and Ultraman. I think that's great, but it just blows my mind that these are selling without anybody seeing how they work. Anything about it, any kind of the assets. So in the beginning, you know, five plus years ago when I got into this hobby, I didn't even know what the hell an LE was. Uh, you know, I did my research, blah, blah, blah. You come up to it. I'm blessed enough to be financially stable enough to be able to afford these games. But I also realized that if I didn't like it or if it didn't work well or or if, 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 that I could turn around and I still had an asset, right? I had something that I could sell up until I can't even count the machine. I want to say turtles maybe but that turned south quickly because of the issues they had with the diverter falling apart i never made money on 
either flipping, reselling, whatever you want to call it on LEs. And it was just part of the thought process I had that said, you know what, if I went to a location at a dollar a play or, you know, two plays for three, whatever, three plays for $2, and I played it at 500 times, whatever money I lose would be the same as me going to a location and putting the physical money out of my pocket. And then this thing happened. And it started to be that every game was turning into profit, even at two years old. You know, people messaging me, asking me for my Attack from Mars remake LE and paying more than I paid when I bought it new in the box X amount of years ago. And Turtles selling, you know, right off the cuff at, you know, ten, eleven thousand dollars new in box without even opening it. And these things just started happening. And at the same time, I'm going, eh. Well, you know what? The pros just as serviceable too, and I can take the money. And for every LE I sell, I can almost buy two pros with it. And 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 I went down this line. Mandalorian was actually when when that theme was rumored, I thought, God, this is so stupid. Like this show hasn't even been on for two years. Like who's buying this game? And then it went bonkers, and people were selling spots for thirteen thousand dollars before the game was even. Like it just went crazy. And I bought the Mando LE with the intention of flipping it and i don't look at myself as some kind of bottom dweller because i lost so much money over the years on black knight le's and ghostbusters le in the beginning and uh, i can't even think of all the le's that have happened that i've lost money on every single one and i said listen i'm just trying to recoup some of my losses here but you know at the end of the day i still would believe that first of all i think any pinball machine is fun for a certain amount of time and it's still an asset. So seeing it, buying a game sight unseen and turning around and selling it with 20 plays or 40 plays or 60 plays, I don't think is the end of the world. Unless you cannot afford to, in which case you shouldn't be buying any of them. And just go to your location and put the 20 bucks in a week or whatever you is you whatever it is you can afford. It's a balance. And and and, and one week I'd say on one show that I'm never buying another LE again. And then here I am with a Mando LE down in my basement. You know, it's just because it, it it's a matter of the way the wind blows on how I feel and and what the market is. And there's a lot of different things that come into it. Marty, I wonder if a bad experience changes things for people. Maybe you bought a machine, maybe you wanted to flip it down the road and you got burned on it. Munsters, what? You said it. I didn't want to say it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Did that change things at all for you, Marty? Um, I think I bought two LEs after that. Does that answer that question? Okay. So, Marty, let me ask you this. You bought two LEs after Monsters. Yep. Even though you had theoretically been burned on Monsters, which yep. I was as well, too. I didn't, I didn't get the LE, but still lost money on the Pro and the Premium. Yep. Which is my bigger problem that I keep buying games three and four times. But what <laughs> made you say, I don't care that Monsters was a loss. I'm still going to go buy Jurassic Park. Well, I forget the progression, but w- whatever the next LE was. Oh, because I got shitloads of money. Okay, good. Well, I had, <laughs> I had, and, and until I stopped working for eighteen months. But no, back then I justified it by going. But do you know what? I'm just not one of these kinds of people that will just live with regret. I just move on from that kind of stuff. And it was, I think, I was down by about two grand. But I had played the hell out of it played the hell out of it and i i don't know whether you could do the math that says well if that was on location and i played 500 plays and that's two dollars a game that's a thousand dollars or a thousand dollars of that it's not even that it was fun i enjoyed it i got sick of it 
Uh, it was unfortunate that I lost money on it. Although, had I kept it, they're actually going for good money now. Yeah, they're going for more now than they did. <laughs> it's insane. It's crazy. But that's what happened. I mean, I lost money on my ho- – oh, my God, my Hobbit. My Hobbit, I was down three and a half grand on. Mm-hmm. So it it happens. When I think of when I first bought a machine, I never, ever thought about, hmm, how much can I resell this for? And oh, yeah. that's where the hobby has now shifted a little bit, not for everyone, but I think for the LE owners, that certainly comes to mind. The only way I ever think of that, Jeff, is just in a matter of I'm buying it sight unseen. Am I going to lose my shorts? Mm-hmm. Period yeah. in the story. I don't look at it saying, well, if I open it now, I can still sell for 92 plus five. I don't do that math. I go, am I going to get really hurt by this? I don't think so. Okay, open the box. Yep, I'm the same. And, you know, for a lot of people, losing two to three grand on a machine is losing their shorts. At the time, for me, it wasn't. Well, that's only like $30 in the U.S. anyway. Yeah, correct. It's fuck all over there. That's correct. <laughs> no, I, I listen, I, I bought Black Knight new in the box, LE, and I remember trying to basically beg for somebody to buy that for $6,500 when it was $8,900 street price or whatever it was. I don't remember. $9,000. U.S. and begging somebody to pay me $6,500 for it. You know, that's a $2,500 U.S. loss. Did I cry over it? No, I'm like, oh, that sucks. I would have thought I got more. But to me, it wasn't necessarily losing $2,500 as it was bringing $6,500 back in to go buy something else. Yeah. Actually, funny you said that because I did actually put myself down for a black night before I saw any pictures or footage. And as soon as I took, I saw the pictures, I went, no, nah, I'm out. Yeah, I, I look at titles when, they, when they're rumored, and I go, yep, I'm not buying that. And I have a little text chat with a buddy of mine. I don't know, Jeff, if you know, but Marty, you remember Robert Mooney. Who, I know Robert. He's been okay. on my profile. Yeah, 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 that's right. You guys did right. So every time we text each other back and forth, I go, oh, yeah, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z is not a theme I'm interested in. I'm never going to buy that. Oh, Iron Maiden? Who the hell even knows who Iron Maiden is? And then I go, oh, I just ordered my Iron Maiden. And he goes, oh, let me see that snap. Let me let me snap the picture from the from the text chat where you said you're not buying an Iron Maiden guaranteed. And I'm like, yeah, don't don't bother. I already know I said it. It's the same time over and over. And we send each other back these these messages. Mando for me, Mandalorian was. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm not interested. Like it's not Star Wars. And if it's a Star Wars property, they're going to do a. You know, it's not going to be that great like it was for Star Wars. And and here I am. But the same thing because because I love pinball. That's really what it is. I love pinball. Led Zeppelin was nothing for me. Jeff, I know you were super like over the moon. I'm just like, eh, yeah, no, at least one more game I don't have to worry about buying. And the rumored Godzilla next for me is nothing that to me interests me. So you're already down for that. If I know I'll have one, (laughs) you know, like just because it'll happen. Yeah. And I'll be bored or whatever. Yeah, fair enough. Well, We'll have to see if it shows up at the future collective. I hope it happens. We have seen collectives around the country, Richmond Pinball Collective. We've seen what Bruce has done and his uh, group there in Rochester. I'm looking forward to going there for their, uh, I think they got a stomp tournament coming up September 25th. A little plug for our good friends in Rochester. Uh, that being said, are you going to be looking at tournaments at your collective? Because we all have to compete with District 82. My goodness, the home of whoppers. Yeah, they, they've really become they've they've really been a thing to come onto the map all of a sudden where you didn't hear about them a year a half ago or two years ago and now that's all you see on Facebook is District 82 and District 82. 
so first of all, you, you pre-mentioned uh, Richmond and Rochester, and both of those, uh, Bruce and Laura and Clark Fraley in their respective places, have been huge helps to us here in Delaware to get our pinball collective up and running and just learning from their horror stories and their good sides of things and, and just picking their brains nonstop since, honestly, I started talking to Clark in Texas, the last time Texas was around, which I, I guess is now 2019, and it's just gone on and on and on. And they've been absolutely overwhelmingly helpful. Uh, you know, Bruce and I were on the phone for one day for like an hour and five minutes or something talking about, you know, his trials and tribulations of getting that started. So uh, they have been great helps to us here in learning and make not, you know, not making some of the mistakes they made and echoing off the good things that they've done. So. We are absolutely going to be running tournaments there. We'll be running weekly leagues on Tuesday nights, which we're still doing now out of people's homes, monthly tournaments, if not bi-monthly tournaments. So absolutely, it'll it'll be something to look forward to if you're in this Philadelphia, New Jersey, Delaware area. Joe, we appreciate you coming on, sharing some of your uh, collecting habits, uh, your opinions on the market, how you feel about divorce at 60. <laughs> We will catch you again on this program. We'd love to have you back. And uh, again, thank you for all your support for Final Round. Thank you both for having me again. And uh, I can't. Lo- I look forward to, to coming back again soon. That'd be awesome. By the way, shove that reach around in front of Rodney every time you see him, will you? Hey, that thing is still sitting in that lit cabinet at the top. Mm-hmm. Like I sent you the pictures of months ago mm-hmm. when it came. So that was good friend of the show, Joseph Fox. What did we learn, Jeff? Well, since it was Joe Fox, it's obvious that we are the only podcast that didn't have Spooky Pinball on their show. So thank you, Joe. (laughs) Appreciate that. A little variety here on Final Round. It's true. Oh, that is actually quite funny. We didn't get the exclusive. So Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. We had Charlie on. We got the exclusive Joe Fox. Yeah. With the exclusive Joe Fox. And we had Charlie on a couple months ago. And he told us. That there were a few features in there. So we basically could figure out what the game was. Once he told us those little nuggets, we knew it was going to be Halloween. We also knew it was going to be Ultraman. We just didn't want to say anything. You're welcome, Spooky. Yeah, that's right. I mean, all these people that are like just desperate to leak this information, we don't. And I mean, you could tell by the previous episode that we knew exactly what it was because we mentioned Halloween many times seamlessly in that conversation. We did. That's right. And the video hadn't even come out. I mean, that was mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. tight. Yeah. I mean, I think it yeah. probably surprised Tom too. But, you know, uh, that's just how <laughs> far ahead we are here on the final round. And we were exhausted too. We had to take an extra week off. My goodness. Mm. We'll talk yes. about what happened in those weeks. But first, we're a week behind. We got to get paid. We do. Here is our sponsor of the week. Congratulations to Spooky Pinball for their recent sellouts of Halloween and Ultraman. Same with Haggis Pinball with Fathom Revisited. Well done to Stern Pinball for moving all of their Mandalorian LEs. But what do all of these machines have in common? They sold out before you ever saw the games being flipped. The demand for pinball is real. So what's the next machine? Well, you won't want to miss this one. Don't wait for minor things like details or visuals to delay your purchase. If you don't buy right away, you'll be out of luck. Here at the Final Round Pinball Podcast, we are about to reveal the next title. No other podcast or news service has these specific details, and we are now going to share them with you. 
Get your credit cards ready, have your distributors on speed dial, because here is the next machine. Are you ready to buy? Okay, the next machine is... ...from... Can you believe it? It's the license everyone has been waiting for. Did we mention the designer? Oh, how about none other than... I know, right? And who's doing the code? Holy shit, it's... Add to the fact that the artist is... It's the perfect storm. But you have to buy right now. These are going to sell out immediately. Pick from three models. The standard, no frills, build-it-yourself, code-to-come-later model. The collector's same shit, different pile model. Or the top of the line, our family doesn't need to eat model. If you're still listening to this commercial and you haven't placed your order for... You might have already missed out. So go ahead, collectors, get your machines based on title alone, then sell them for more than you paid, and keep driving up the prices. Good for you. There's only one more question. What's the next title? Three weeks, Marty. Do you know the pinball world has been just absolutely shitting? Where is final round? We're back. And not only are we back this week, we're going to come back next week to get back on track. You're welcome again. Yeah, Joe, it's really funny, is that, and I mean this sincerely, I really don't think people give a crap about whether we release a podcast or not. But I am now mistaken because I've had so many people reach out going, where's this episode? Really? Okay. Maybe some people do care. Okay. Maybe Australians care. Maybe people over there don't. I did get a few emails as well, but um, luckily we kind of said we're going to be off. It wasn't like the show just wasn't there. We, We gave people heads up that we needed a week off. How are we busy, for God's sakes? I haven't done anything but grow hair and sit on my ass in my house and go absolutely nowhere. You, I get it. You've been busy. You were, look, I'm going to say it, all right? I should probably say this off air, but I'm going to say it on air. You were a lot more fun when you were unemployed and I could just call you at any (laughs) second. Now that you're busy and working, I'm like, where's my Marty? It's... Do you know what? It, it actually is really weird. I mean, I was unemployed, let's let's call it, because that's really what it was. Uh, and we could talk whatever we wanted. And I just still remember those days where I was getting up at midday and ju- li- look, literally just playing PlayStation <laughs> till three, three or four o'clock in the morning. It was good times. And we could talk whenever we wanted. And it was like, let's do a podcast. Yeah, great. Now, I mean, let's behind the curtain – we record usually on the weekend. This is now Tuesday night, my time. So Monday sometime, I no. think, for you. It is. It, okay, so if I sound a it's little... It's Tuesday morning. If I sound a oh little dopey God. right now... Well, we'll people notice. We record the interview at one point, and that, again, was done Friday night, I think 9 o'clock my time. Would you say 11 o'clock your time on Saturday? Yeah, probably. Something like that. Maybe a little early, a couple hours early. But the point no, is, nine right, o'clock, eight, nine o'clock, because I was at work. Yes, yes. So right now, I'm looking at my clock. It is July twentieth, four fifty-five a.m. my time, <laughs> because this is the only time you and I can record. Because you're putting in ten, eleven, twelve-hour days. Ah, uh, who says that? I'm not working. How dare you? I didn't say you were working. That's a I lot of solitary minesweeper. Yeah. <laughs> It is. And how dare they take Space Cadet out of Windows? I know. It's just ridiculous. I know. Anyway, whatever. 
hey, let's just talk about your hair for a second for two reasons. First of all, I did see a recent picture that you sent me and it is almost down to your crack. It is that long. Now, but besides that, I was talking to Greg Silby yesterday and he sort of turned and walked away and I went, Greg Silby, what's happening to your hair? How is it so long? And we've decided that he is now hashtag standing with Teolis. boy, Greg. Mullets are taken over. That's right. It's not, a, first of all, it's not a fucking mullet. How many times? No, it's not that good. Can I just tell you here? You know what? I don't need to do a Facebook poll. These are hard <laughs> yes, facts, you okay? You can draw a diagram of who likes it and who doesn't like it. And let me just tell you who likes the hair long. The ladies. The dudes are like, oh, you got to cut that hair. And you know why I'm thinking? Because they're fucking jealous, all right? Maybe they're balding. Who knows? Whatever it is, they don't have the ginger locks. I don't know. I also don't care. I know I got it. I'm flaunting it. I forgot how old I am. And uh, it's staying for a little while. Or I actually have an appointment on August 13th. Ooh, will I get it cut off? Also, you know, it's not going to be that much longer that you're going to be able to call them ginger locks. I'm just saying. No, that's where you're so mistaken. And that's why I like it a little long because the real massive, it's not even gray. Like above my ears, it is white, absolutely white, but only in those patches. And it's all hidden now. Tons of gray in my goatee. I'll give you that. Like I fell into a bowl of milk, but I'm telling you this. <laughs> milk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What, what were you thinking? Mm. Yeah, go away. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> it's it's five in the morning here, all right? I'm trying. Anyway, we'll see. August 13th. I've had some people say, don't do it. So we'll have to see. And my wife is one of them. By the way, that's the biggest thing. The two people that probably matter the most, my wife, number one. Sorry, you're not even number two, Marty, but number th- two. Yeah, would I'm be- your work wife, your podcast wife, and I don't like it, so. Yeah, but you're over there, right? If I was coming mm. to Australia, then maybe, but- my mm. boss, I don't think is a fan. So that's the real, like, I mean, think mm. of the scales. Which one do I do? Mm. Ah, I've got a PlayStation. Maybe I can be unemployed for a year and just uh, fart around on that for a while. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, God, it was the best time. Like, some people would argue and say, oh, that was a waste of a year. It really wasn't. I can't. Uh, I would have completed, like, got to the end of over a dozen games. Easy. So... You know why it wasn't a waste of a year? It's because of the job you left, the mental stress that so many people yeah. in the work industry have, not just yourself, but so many people go through that. And you needed the downtime. You needed to reset. And look how you came out on top. And now you've got this wonderful job and uh, you're going to be making a lot of people happy. Well, I mean, that's the, the, the thing that, you know, we do joke about it. But the thing that probably people don't know is that whilst I was unemployed... I wasn't doing nothing. I was very busy working on what I'm doing now. People just didn't know that. I don't know whether I mentioned that before because a lot of people were saying, oh, have you got a job yet? I'm like, oh, no, but I'm still looking. Oh, I'm going for an interview and oh, you know, the market's hard and oh, damn that COVID. I was spending most of the day, you know, 12, 15 hours a day getting ready for what I'm doing now. Yeah. Well, I know so, that. I wasn't allowed to say anything. I know you knew that. <laughs> I know you knew that. You were the only one that knew that. So, here you go. Well, obviously, Haggis knew it, but yeah. Does that mean I have to share my secrets with you? 
Yes, please. It's a wig. Yeah. The thing of it is, no one's buying it. And <laughs> no, no it's wig. It's not a that wig. Crap. It's good stuff. Okay, let's talk some pinball. We don't have to. By the way, we do this podcast in case people are wondering. I, it's amazing anyone listens to it. It's funny that TPN <laughs> thinks we're doing this to be competitive pinball and, and get listers and stuff. The truth is, we just do it to talk to each other. We just happen to record it. And pretty much we've monetized it. Let's be honest. All right. We're cashing in on the sponsors. We are rolling in it. (sighs) So we didn't have the spooky guys on, but let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Ultraman and Halloween. Love the Halloween theme. I love that. Ultraman certainly has a fan base. Love that they sold out. I think it's great. I didn't know anything about Ultraman. And I think I I could say I saw it on TV once in a while, but didn't know what it was. I've since gone back and, and tried to see what it's all about. Great for Spooky. That's awesome. But it makes me wonder, boy, if they can do Ultraman, there are so many licenses out there that, you know, everyone thinks, oh, the Harry Potters, you know, Led Zeppelin finally was made. And what's going to be next? Whether it be Godzilla or this and that. There's tons. If they can do Ultraman and sell that out, lots out there. True. So I'm like you. When, I mean, obviously we knew for a long time because Charlie we knew. gave us the clues. We knew. But let's just say we didn't know. And when it was revealed, it was announced that it was Ultraman as well. I had never heard of Ultraman ever at all. Brand new to me. And when I looked at the machine side by side, Ultraman is the one that I would have gotten. Based on what? Based on the fact that, firstly, I'm not a big horror theme. I don't even know whether I've seen Halloween. Like, it came out so long ago, I may have watched it, but I I just don't remember watching it. I like the art on Ultraman, and I like that it's a bit more of a fun theme, I guess. Yeah. I think they're both winners. I certainly was the other way around. Definitely knew Halloween and kind of the beginning of the slasher films. Such an interesting story, too. So low budget, but really just, uh, I'm not going to say like Hitchcock, you know, just, but. Uh, it kind of it kind of kick-started the genre, didn't it, really? Like the yeah. schlock horror. You know, the jump scares, they call them and stuff. You know, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, when's yeah, it going to yeah. happen? When's it going to happen? Ah, oh, you got me. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I absolutely hate horror films. Hate them. And I've tried to explain it. It's because you know that, that feeling of terror? that you get like when you're into the film some people sort of like laugh at that stuff and because they never really get immersed in the film but if you're immersed in the film and it's scary that feeling of terror for me that's not an enjoyable experience and i know horror fans love that like that terror is the appeal for me absolutely not hate them hate horror films i'm just a scaredy cat as you are because I, I never said scaredy cat. What? But, well, okay, keep going. I'll watch a horror movie and I'll kind of squint my eyes and then just hear the scream and then and then I can open it up because I don't want that. I'm afraid my heart will stop if I'm being quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm not even trying to be funny. I know I'm the feeling. I, oh, I, I, when I get scared, it, it really I don't like it. It's not cool, and you shouldn't do it to people that you know are worried about something like oh I don't know dropping dead. Mm. So what I do is if something I know is going to either be scary or gory, I close my eyes and then I put my fingers in my ear and then close them and open them quickly so I can't even hear the sound. It's a hell of a way to watch a movie. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, why am I there in the first place is probably what you're asking. I don't know. Why would somebody suggest that we go to a movie and it turns out that it's a horror film? Anyway, that's what happened. Scarred for life. 
What is your favorite horror movie, Jeff? <laughs> the scariest horror movie to me still is The Exorcist. Nothing will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. The music and everything. And that's another thing about Halloween. Great music, too. It's funny that John Car Very basic music. Have you ever seen the movie Escape from New York? In fact, this week was the 40th anniversary of it. I had never seen that movie, and I knew it was a John Carpenter. I knew Snake was the main character. I really didn't know what the story was about, so I watched it, and it gave me that very Halloween feel. Donald Pleasance is in it. In fact, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is the narrator, and you know, it's a bit of a horror movie in a way, but uh, I enjoyed it, and, and very similar John Carpenter music, so I've heard people say that would be a great theme. I think it would after seeing the movie. Okay, no, I, I don't know whether I've seen that. Again, so old. I'm really old, and my memory is just going rapidly. Oh, I can't remember what you said two sentences ago. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I don't even know who you are, so let alone who I am. Fuck. It's easier with visuals and name tags. We were so much better. <laughs> but here's, here's something I have to bring up to you. So I was saying that anything could be a theme or that there are more themes out there. Well, you know how much I love The Boys, the TV show, and season three is in production right now. They're, they're filming in Toronto. I got to tell you, one of my favorite characters, spoiler alert, in season two, he was only on one episode. I know who it was too. <laughs> I'll let you say it. Look, I honestly can't remember, but it was love pump or love gun or love something. Love sausage. That's the one. I knew it. I was right. You were right. And this is, we don't have notes when we do this show. I mean, it's five in the morning. You think I'm going to make notes? I'm barely awake. Yeah. Love sausage. Hilarious. Well, could the boys be a pinball machine? Maybe. You couldn't really do love sausage as a game. No. But there is something better than love sausage. And God bless John Oliver for introducing me to what people in Denmark know all about. Have you heard of John Dillerman? No. I want to get your reaction right now. I would like you to Google the word John and Dillerman. D-I-L-L-E-R-M-A-N-D. Okay, is it a cartoon? It is a claymation children's <gasps> show in Denmark about a man. Wait a second. Here we go. Denmark launches children's TV show about man with giant penis. Critics condemn idea of animated series about a man who cannot control his penis, but others have backed it. And that goes on to say, John Dillamond has an extraordinary penis. So extraordinary, in fact, that it can perform rescue operations, etch murals, hoist a flag, and even steal ice cream from children with his penis. Why did we have Ryan C on this episode? He'd be all over this. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, my goodness, this is a real thing. It is a children's show, and I don't know if we're stuck up in North America, a little more freedom there in Denmark. Wow. I'm asking you to have a look at this. It's, again, claymation. There's no nudity. It's basically a red and white striped tube just happens to be coming out of his crotch, so it's not a, like, you know, flesh or, It rescues people. He uses it as a, not a parachute, but he ties a bunch of balloons to it and rescues things. It's insane. It's pretty funny. And I'm waiting for that to be the next pinball machine. So who's going to, who's going to do it? Come on, Spooky. You can do it. Damien. I'll have a chat with Damien and see if he wants to have that as, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, Funny. So, but speaking of Harry Potter. Yes. Can I have my, my angry moment right now? I'm going to have my angry moment. I expected the entire podcast. Why'd you save it till just now? 
<laughs> just I don't know. I think there was maybe six or seven episodes ago. You were like, "I'm going to have an angry episode." And <laughs> oh yeah, it was right. really not angry at all, if you remember. So I got a message today from Ticket Tech Ticketmaster. I think it's the same sort of thing you guys have over where you get your your tickets. And this, I'm going to dedicate this message that I'm going to read out to Ian. Hi, Ian. <laughs> we regret. We regret that due to the lockdown extension, your Harry Potter and the Cursed Child tickets will now be cancelled. Oh. And I'm going to tell you, this is the third time this has been cancelled. Third time. And goes on to say, and if you want to buy tickets, the next available is February 2022. This sucks because I'm fine with postponements cancellations are different and if this show is still going on and it's just being postponed your ticket should be for another date and they've canceled the tickets well they did that twice they did that twice this is now the third time and they've just gone fuck it we're just gonna cancel it yeah that's that's crappy especially when they're Sucks. putting the other t- and they're oh they're not putting the tickets on sale for a higher price now because of the demand maybe but also this was a birthday present to my son two years ago and He's really disappointed. So, anyway. And was 15 at the time. Now he's turning 17. So, probably a bit too old for it now. Well, good news. Um, I know it's big here in Canada. It's uh, Maybe you've heard of something like Stars on Ice. It's a figure skating show. Yes, I do know of Stars on Ice. There is, I see, that the John Dillerman Stars on Ice tour <laughs> is coming to Melbourne. Just, just a thought. <laughs> Just a thought. You don't want to be in the first 20 rows. Let me just put it that way. Oh, that actually split my side. Oh, that sucks. Well, you, that's funny you should say that because I got my son something a couple of years ago. My son, Carson, and I, we like to do road trips. And years, ever since he was really young, I would take him to a different NHL hockey arena. So different places all around North America. And he said to me, Dad, hockey arenas are pretty much the same. I'd like to go to different baseball stadiums, which is my favorite sport. And I was like, oh, really proud parent moment. So I gave him this trip. It was supposed to be, I think, July of 2020. It was Detroit, Cincinnati, St. Louis. I think it was four games and maybe Cleveland as well. Four or five games in a matter of a week that we were going to do. A little road trip with your son. And uh, that didn't happen and still can't happen. Although, although, Marty, today we have opened the border in Canada to allow Americans that are fully vaccinated to come on over. And that happens in a couple weeks. So it's changing a little bit. In September, they're going to allow the rest of the world, I guess, if, if they have recognized vaccines. So maybe. Fingers crossed. Fuck you, Delta variant. Yeah. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> I blame Ian. I do blame Ian. Ian is patient zero. So (laughs) that's what we're now going to do. He's the one who emailed us and said, I'm sick of hearing the pandemic talk. Well, no one. I'm sick. He's what he said. Mm, I'm sick. That's right. In brackets from the COVID virus, which I got from Wuhan. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ian. It's all coming together, Ian. Yep. (laughs) By the way, he offered to to give us money. (laughs) Uh, he didn't just offer. I think he actually did give us money. So he did? I haven't checked the emails. I should probably check. Mm. We, I, we, if we have any emails, I'm sorry. I haven't checked them. And I'm not checking them right now. This is a short show. Oh, my God. You are so freaking glad to get it. Sorry that we're <laughs> sounding like it's, it, you know, you should be so good. 
Honestly, it's been very difficult for us to get together, but it's been good. But I can promise you in one week's time, not two, one week's time, we will be back with a very, very special guest. And it's going to be a good show. A little bit longer, probably based on his one answer, but... um, (laughs) That's a bit of a giveaway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's call it a day. Uh, let me go to bed at uh, 5.15 in the morning here and mm, get up at 9. I know. You let me go up. and get dinner. Yep. All right. We're good for another week. Thanks very much. We will do this again. At, what, what is half a fortnight? I don't know. Someone did explain to me what fortnight meant the other day. I can't remember. Hmm. 14 nights. There you go. We will see you in a subnight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you soon. Bye.